Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We're digging into the digital revolution and the incredible impact it's having on every part of our lives. And without question, data is sort of the big, big driver of so much of what's going on today. So we're delighted to have you know, my good friend, three-time uh, professional colleague and an expert on what's going on in data and data management, John Foley. John, welcome. Always great to have you on Cloud Wars Live. Thank you, Bob. I'm looking forward to this conversation. There's a lot to talk about. Good, good. So John, um, you are uh, involved in a number of things right now, right? You, you sort of head up the data revolution coverage at uh, Acceleration Economy, and then you've got your cloud database report. John, just quick before we jump into your fantastic set of predictions for the year, what's going on with cloud database report? Oh, thanks, Bob. So the cloud database report uh, carries on um, full speed ahead. There's so much going on. We have a newsletter, a podcast. We have our cloud database report is up on the Acceleration Economy website. Uh, you mentioned the data revolution page where I am the host. So we have a lot of um, data content there, including from the cloud database report. And Bob, we also have coming up in January, a uh, pretty cool new digital event called the Cloud Database Battleground, which I will be hosting. Super excited about that, really looking forward to it. So a lot is going on. John, what a, what a time, what a time. So, uh, geez, John, I remember when we were first working together roughly 25 years ago, but uh, I think you did a big cover story at Information Week. Was it called something? Was it called, John, was it the Terabyte Club? Yeah, Bob, it's funny you should remember that. <clears throat> that was one of the things I wanted to talk about here. Um, as we look ahead to 2022, and <clears throat> excuse me, my, some of my predictions for the year ahead <clears throat> is that we're going to move into the world of exabyte databases. And it was, in fact, in 1997. So next year will be 25-year anniversary when Microsoft had its scalability day. And that was when Microsoft wanted to demonstrate to the world that it could manage a terabyte of data on Windows NT. Now, we're kind of, many people would say now into the petabyte club, world of pe the petabyte club, right? Which is a, a thousand terabytes, a thousand times more. And we're quickly moving into the exabyte realm. So an exabyte is actually a million terabytes, a million times bigger. So over 25 years, uh, just a back of the envelope uh, calculation there is uh, we're now talking about a million times more data. So it's amazing um, just to see how much data is being um, created um, and managed and analyzed. And, you know, I mean, I think we agree. There's no, there is no end in sight. It's just going to keep going. Remarkable. So John, uh, <clears throat> the volume, the complexity, and uh, it's in some ways, John, like the strategic uh, business value, the, uh, you know, I, I've never liked the line about data is the new oil because, right, you put, you burn oil, it gives off sort of some not so nice exhaust and it's, it's gone, but data, it seems like the more you use it, the more valuable it gets and so on. <clears throat> so all those things going on, it's just a, an extraordinary topic. You're doing such a great job covering this in a lot of ways. And we're, you know, as I said, very, very happy to have you on here because you bring um, a historical perspective, but you use the historical perspective, not so much like, I would talk about the good old days, but just say, 
how fast things are changing. And if the past is any sort of a record, the pace of change with what's going on here, John, is just going to continue. So um, I would like to turn this over to you and uh, I'll offer a comment here there. But John, why don't you take us away and tell us about your predictions for the coming year in data? Awesome, Bob. I, 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 uh, I'd love to do that. I'm going to kind of put things into two broad buckets here. One is the competitive landscape, which is a big part of the conversation right now. And then secondly, let's talk about the technology innovation and architecture. Um, but before I do, Bob, let me just kind of lay the groundwork here, um, it, kind of reflecting back on time. And I'll, I'll be quick about this, but there, in my mind, there are three tenets of um, data, the world of databases and data management that pretty much don't change. They've been true going back into the 90s when I was covering, you know, the original kind of big uh, enterprise data warehouses. Okay, so one, data volumes keep growing in size and complexity. That seems to be always true. Two, business leaders are always looking for new ways to extract value from data. And they realize that they really haven't mastered that. So it's an ongoing process. And third, uh, is all about data security and governance. It's just so vital. It has to be a part of the conversation and mistakes are costly if you don't get it right. So those are what I call the three tenets. I could have talked about those 25 years ago. I'm talking about them today and we could talk about them 10 years from now, probably still true. Okay, um, so should we get into the competitive landscape, Bob? Yes, sir, John, sounds good, sounds okay. good. All right, so, so let's see. Uh, for my cloud predictions 2022, I make the point that the immovable objects are meeting irresistible forces. And by immovable objects, I mean the incumbents, and by irresistible forces, I mean the startups. So everywhere you look in the database industry now, you just see this, uh, I don't know if you wanna call it a tug of war, um, a cloud war, a battleground. There's just this uh, competitive, um, a constant competitive motion uh, between uh, the traditional uh, database companies, Oracle, you know, Teradata, SAP, IBM, and the up-and-coming newcomers. And uh, you know, the thing is, often you can see some churn here, right? Where the the the, uh, the newcomers, the startups, are displacing the traditional companies. But that's harder to do in the world of databases because the big traditional players are deeply rooted. Their systems are deeply rooted. Um, the, uh, the assets that they manage are so vital to business. Um, Bob, we've talked about how difficult it can be to do database migrations from one platform to another. So, you know, so this is a big part of what we see going on. I'm sure we're gonna continue to see this. Um, and where I'm sitting, you know, there's hardly a day that passes that I don't learn about a new startup in the world of data management. So that's a big, that's a big thing, Bob. John, real quick, one uh, a question on that to, you know, the, uh, so the irresistible forces coming in of these uh, new, in some ways, startups or early stage for, firms. As I've read some of your coverage on the cloud database report, one of the things that has really made my head spin was the funding, the levels of funding behind some of these companies that you know most of us, I think, either have not heard of or only know a little bit about. 
but I mean, it is not like, you know, they got 20 million here or 50 million there. It is hundreds of millions of dollars, John, in a couple of cases over a billion dollars in funding. Yeah, well, uh, so Bob, I put it broadly in t- under, the, uh, under the banner of follow the money, right? So you're right, we see a lot of venture funding all the way from seed rounds to later stage rounds, um, you know, the billion dollar plus valuations, um, and that has been um, a big uh, theme in 2021, and there's no question it will continue to be into the new year. Um, I don't know if you uh, noticed in the last uh, week or so, Bloomberg did a piece referring to Databricks as a $38 billion startup, uh, <laughs> which I thought was kind of interesting uh, because um, the, you know, the occasion for that was Databricks has started its own venture fund, um, which is not that unusual in the world of established companies, but you know, Databricks is still quote unquote a startup and they've already got their own venture fund, which is interesting because they're trying to build um, kind of an ecosystem, uh, trying to nurture business around their platform and this uh, data lake uh, model that they use. So, um, so this is, uh, this is uh, part of that whole competitive landscape, Bob, that, that I, that I mentioned at the at the beginning here, um, you know, another thing I would say is, uh, it seems as though the big three cloud providers, um, AWS, Google Cloud, and, and Microsoft Azure, are becoming kind of like the big three database cloud providers. They're they're really becoming a, a center of gravity in the industry. Now, this is uh, no disrespect intended for Oracle. Uh, Oracle's a, a great company, and um, I think by um, by many measures, the you know the, the top player in the industry when it comes to to market share. But the big three cloud providers um, just really are building very quickly these these layers of technology that work with their databases, and they're offering many different um, database options. So um, you know, whenever you wherever you look in the world of what I call modern data management. Uh, you know, multi-cloud is 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 becoming fundamental. It's table stakes, and many of the technologies now have to play across those three platforms. Mm-hmm. You know, John. Uh, again, the 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 power coming from the what the immovable forces, the incumbents in some way. Even though, uh, you know, Google Cloud and Amazon are what twenty years old. Uh, you know about that. So. <laughs> they're like, you know, uh, in some sports now, somebody says, well, you know, so-and-so is 24 years old, you know, he or she is into, you know, getting into the gray hair years. It's nuts what's going on. But John, the other thing too, that I think is so wild about some of those numbers you mentioned, like with Databricks, the $38 billion startup and so on, it seems like um, these companies with the, first of all, the funding they have behind them, they've spent the vast majority of that, right? Just developing the products on the engineering, coming up with these, you know, technological innovations and then getting ready. They're only just now starting to crack the surface. So as these companies emerge and start to make some noise about who they are and what they're doing and why that matters, they're going to have to now, uh, they're not coming into this like saying, okay, I've got to figure out, you know, what I do over the next two or three years. They're coming into this sort of fully formed. They've got incredible technologies, incredible capabilities, but I would think there's still a lot of people who don't know about them and what could happen. So at a time of 
extraordinary change going on in businesses these days. The stakes for um, decision makers, business decision makers to make the right choices. Some of the established companies, the new companies, a mix of both, when to use what, where, and for how. It's a pretty wild field, John. And I think that's why you you bring such a unique perspective and a valuable perspective to this because you're not trying to get in there and talk about whose code is superior to somebody else's. What are these trying to do? And given the business problems that customers have, which one of these could be the right choice for you? So it, what, a, what a remarkable, dynamic, you know, highly competitive business. Well, Bob, you, you, you made reference to the fact that some of these companies are not household names, right? Um, and yet uh, they're approaching, in some cases, 10 years of being around and working on software development. So what that tells you is that in the world of data management, uh, these um, it, it's, it's like a 10-year ramp up. Right, because it is a very sophisticated world, and it's so vital. And um, you know, it's speed and performance, and um, you know, different kinds of workloads and architectures, and um, you know, there has to be the governance involved, and so on. Um, so we do see that uh, um, companies that, in the world of database development, are well known, but in the broader world of business, may not be household names. So Neo4j is an example of that. Uh, you may have noticed I did an article on graph databases uh, recently. Neo4j in June of uh, 2021 um, uh, got a funding round for $325 million. Now that's for graph databases. So this is what I'm talking about. Uh, you have these uh, really sophisticated uh, um, products and service, uh, cloud products and services um, from these companies that are quickly making their way into the enterprise, but uh, many line of business managers may not be that familiar with the, with the platforms and the technologies. So one of the things we're seeing is that the, the cloud database companies are trying to break through and get their message through to a broader audience. The developers know them, the developers love them, but they need to broaden their horizons. Yeah, um, you see a lot of examples of that. And Bob, I, I, I mean, the, the, the other thing that I would mention is Snowflake, of course, you know, you can't uh, discuss the competitive landscape without mentioning Snowflake. Now, I, in my predictions for 2022, say that more companies, you, you remember the, the Nike ad, right? Be like Mike, more companies want to be like Snowflake. I, I think we're going to see that in the year ahead. Uh, companies uh, kind of, um, uh, kind of referencing some of the same um, approaches, the same model they have, um, you know, their uh, data cloud model, and, and we're already seeing other companies pick up on that. Hey, John, that is a great point, and I uh, want to come back to that in a second, but first a word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets where automation is paramount yet effortless and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A-game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash A-game. Um, but really, when you, hear, when you talk about Snowflake, you don't talk that much about the underlying database technology. In fact, many people don't even know what database they run. 
But you talk about data science, data applications, their data marketplace, which now has over 500 data sets in it, data sharing. This is where the action is. This is where business people say, yeah, I, I want that. So, yeah. you know, so that's the other thing is we're going to see more companies um, increase, you know, the conversation around that whole data, uh, cloud database platform uh, proposition. John, that's, uh, it's interesting you say that, you know, especially, you know, more, more of these, uh, you know, cloud database companies want to be like Snowflake. And I think it represents, you know, two things going on in parallel. On the one hand, the incredible technological innovation and sophistication of these products. And then in parallel, the need for these companies to talk about them in different ways. So on Snowflake's last earnings call a month or so ago, their CEO, Frank Slootman, he spent the majority of his time, I would say, John, talking about two subjects. One is the need to have uh, to orient their solutions and their selling and their marketing, and in some ways their product development around vertical industries. And the other point that he mentioned over and over and over on the earnings call was this direct-to-consumer trend among businesses. And he said, you, you, you can want to do that, but unless you have the data in place, you cannot do it. So it really uh, framing this sort of new generation of technology, not by you know, the code it has, which is, I'm sure it's wonderful, but instead by this emerging business issues that they're being oriented to solve. So John, what a, what a wild time here where you know, business, fast changing business issues meet fast evolving database technology. Yeah, well, um, and Bob, go back to the uh, one of those three tenets I mentioned at, at, at the beginning of our conversation, one of which was um, CXOs are looking to, uh, they understand that there's value in their data. And so these business models are meant to help them realize some of that value. And Snowflake's good at that with their marketplace and that direct to consumer that you mentioned. Bob, let's shift gears over to kind of like um, a little bit more about the technology and the innovation there. Um, and you mentioned industry clouds. Um, and I, I know in Cloud Wars uh, and the Acceleration Economy, uh, you write all the time now about industry clouds. Well, this is also part of what's happening in the world of cloud databases. I guess it shouldn't be surprising, right? Um, but we're beginning to see um, a lot of activity that is uh, industry specific. So Google Cloud had their $1 billion 10-year partnership with the CME Group, which is the big global exchange. Uh, um, I think you may have written about yourself, AWS um, and Goldman Sachs and the partnership, partnership they have there, which is called what? Financial cloud for data. So we're, we're, um, we are going to see, I know in the year ahead, um, a lot of activity um, around these uh, industries and Snowflake is in this game as well, by the way. John, uh, one of your predictions here about is about data distribution becomes a business conversation, right? So going back to one of your three tenets, business people are trying to figure out how do I get at this, but now they're really getting into that. What about, uh, how does data distribution play into that conversation? Well, so this is a perfect example of where I was saying earlier that the developers 
and the DBAs, the administrators uh, know all about this stuff. But now I'm saying that the business people are gonna need to come into the conversation. So in the world of databases, um, the concept of a, a distributed data architecture is well understood. Um, there's new technologies to enable that and make it more, a more automated thing. Uh, um, uh, developers will talk about sharding, for example, which is uh, partitioning data to have it distributed out. Um, but my point here with data distribution becomes part of, becomes uh, part of a business conversation is that lines of business, first of all, they need to know where their data is, right? So there are regulations uh, which will force them to know that. But there's more to it than that. We saw recently a, a, a yet another uh, global uh, outage, uh, cloud service outage. So there becomes the resilience part of it. Um, you know, you need to build resiliency into your data architecture and distributed data is a way to do that. Um, there's also customer responsiveness um, and um, response time. So if you have a customer overseas somewhere, um, it may, and let's say that customer is, um, prefers to run on AWS, or maybe they won't prefer to run on Google Cloud or Microsoft or another cloud platform. You want the ability to be able to build applications uh, that are in proximity to your global customers. Here too, data distribution is a part of the overall solution. So, um, it's been something of a kind of um, under the hood uh, type of um, uh, discussion before now, but I think in 2022, uh, more CXOs and more business people will, will want to know about data distribution and location. Um, John, um, that's fascinating. Sorry, please go ahead. Oh, I was just going to kind of rip through, I guess, just a couple other things, Bob, just to sure. make my point. I mean, um, you know, I say this sometimes, the database industry is more than 50 years old. You kind of think, hey, at some point, uh, you know, the innovation will slow down, but nothing, but the opposite is true. It, it seems to be accelerating. Um, so um, one of the things that I've mentioned before in our conversations is Carnegie Mellon's database of databases. Um, they keep this uh, resource where they track all the different um, database platforms uh, that you could choose from and download and, and, and store your data on. And uh, there were more than 700 of those this year in 2021. And I'm saying that you can see the, the direction things are, are headed. There are going to be more than 800 of these database systems out there in 2022. So that's just like shows that the innovation, the drive to do purpose-built databases continues to go on. Um, you know, one of the most recent examples we have is um, at AWS's uh, reInvent conference. They had, I mean, Bob, I stopped counting at, at 50 press releases. I mean, there were so many announcements coming out of there. But what's interesting to me is there were tools and services for database migrations. There were new serverless offerings and serverless is like a, a big trend right now. It's automating uh, the provisioning of databases. They, they offered um, new capabilities like cross-region data sharing. So like everywhere, and that's just AWS. The other, the other cloud database providers likewise have just um, a constant stream of innovations coming out. So, um, we're, you know, in my role as an analyst and as an uh, and as a journalist, um, it, it can be hard to keep up with all this all this innovation. But it's going to carry us forward into the new year 
which means a lot of new choices and a lot of new ways of working for businesses. John, you know, there was one other thing I, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you about here. You know, the 800 numbers, uh, it's hard to get your, your head around that, but um, the, in some ways, I guess it's, it's, um, it's a technological ploy. In other ways, it's a marketing ploy. But your point about data braces are free forever. What's oh. going on there, and where do you think that's headed? Yeah, I love that. So um, two of the trends that I mention uh, in my predictions, uh, and I hope everyone will look for that article um, you know, sometime soon on acceleration economy, um, is uh, that uh, so, data, um, so database companies for a long time have offered trials of their cloud services. Um, that was a way to bring developers in, let them kind of get familiar with the, the cloud services, give it a try, see what it was like. And then after a month or so, your trial would run out and you'd have to get out the credit card and sign up for the service. But increasingly, we're seeing uh, Cockroach Labs, uh, Neo4j, and others offer database tiers that are free forever. Um, and so... The idea there is that to make it easy for developer teams um, to get up and running, build prototypes and do testing on uh, using those uh, cloud database services, because guess what, Bob, if you can get the developers to fall in love with your database, then the other pieces tend to fall into place. Then the CTO um, gets involved, then it works its way into the lines of business. And so database companies have figured out, we need to make this stuff widely available all the time to, to developers. And the other side of that, so databases are getting free, which is kind of interesting and fun, is that management, database management is getting easier. So I mentioned serverless before, there's also a, a whole like emerging class of cloud database services um, that are fully managed where the IT department really doesn't need to do the provisioning and um, the scaling that's done by the cloud service provider, or in the case of autonomous databases, they're self-healing, self-managing, um, and the database uh, uh, self-patching, the database does the work. So you're ha you, ha you have these kind of two trends. One is that database layers are, are free, and two is that database management is getting easier for organizations all the way from SMBs up to enterprises that are looking um, to you know, do more hands-off um, data management. So John, next year, just sort of more same old, same old, huh? Just <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, we could just go on and on, Bob. I, I, I make the point in uh, my piece that I have 10 predictions but that's really scratching the surface. Um, there's a lot of other things that I didn't quite get to in my predictions because there's so much going on. So I, uh, I'm optimistic about the year ahead in general. Um, I'm excited about the year ahead in the world of uh, data and database management. Um, and Bob, I think that we're, that we're gonna have a lot to talk about um, here uh, you know, for, for weeks and months you know, into the new year. John, great. And let me just check in with you. Would it be fair to say that in these database wars, the biggest winners will be the customers? Well, uh, yes, that's absolutely true. Um, you know, 
we we have been talking more and more about uh, customer data. Um, so it kind of works two ways. Um, just the, the value that companies place on customer data and the way they protect it and manage it um, uh, is becoming uh, really a top priority. And then also the services um, uh, that um, companies are able to make available, um, innovative services to their customers using data, data-driven customer services. Um, you mentioned Snowflake earlier, Bob. I, I, I have no doubt um, that many businesses are going to realize that when it comes to recognizing the value, um, you know, um, uh, customer-facing applications are going to be a big part of the answer. All right, all right. Well, John Foley, fantastic looking next year. This sounds like it's going to be fun, and clearly, I think uh, it seems obvious you're having a good time with this. Uh, uh, and I know your work as a triathlete, John, will help you with this because it sounds like, uh, you know, a very full-time demanding chore you've, you've taken on. Yeah, well, thank you, Bob. Uh, yeah, I mean, funny you should mention that. Uh, I think that the world of, of uh, healthcare and monitoring and my Garmin watch um, really are one of those leading edge areas for the world of data and customer facing data. Um, you know, my Garmin watch gives me more data than I can possibly use. So hopefully it will help me keep up with the rest of the field. <laughs> we'll see about that. That's great. Um, yep. John Foley, thanks a million. Uh, John, the creative, the cloud database, cloud database report, the host of Data Revolution on accelerationeconomy.com. Thank you so much, John. Always good to see you. Folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. Hope things are going great for you, and we look forward to seeing you again soon.